0: Welcome to Toy Power. This is the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent and it is great to have your company today for episode 133. This week on Toy Power we take a look at our vintage toy line retrospective, the Mortal Kombat line. We then jump into part two of answering our listener questions. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Well, hi, hi. And Darren.
1: And hello, everyone. Thank you for joining
0: us. And let's get into our first segment. Vintage Twilight. You've got to come back with me. he get those wonderful toys. Now you're an action figure. You're a muffin,
1: you?
2: All right. So today we're looking at Mortal Kombat, as Trent said. This is, uh, look, I'm a. This has got to be said like Mortal Kombat! Yes! Oh, God! More Choose. Just every time I say the word Mortal Kombat, put that sound in, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Dave, Davey style, <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: DVD style. Clock them up. <laughs> oh,
2: see, do a counter at the end. So, look, I'm a big fan of, of the series from a long time ago. A little bit of background for that. I was, of course, 92 when first Mortal Kombat came out. And despite my parents being pretty uh, cautious in terms of what I watched and consumed, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons when it first came out because it was deemed controversial. But uh, fatalities, go for it, right? I was, I was sub-zero all day and, and Raiden probably a close second. Uh, I actually then got sort of heavily involved in the, the online community, which was forums back in those days, of course. And for anyone who knows it, the uh, Dave's Mortal Kombat site, or DMK as it was, I ended up sort of, you know, working my way up the ladder and ended up being a side admin there for, well, oh, probably about 10 years or so. So i got, I got friends over in America who I've never met, who they're like, dude, if you're ever in Canada or wherever, you've got a place to stay at that mine. So yeah, big love for the series, but we are a toy podcast, so I'm going to go through just a brief sort of overview of the Mortal Kombat toys. So we kick it off in 1994, so the game had been out for a couple of years, we had Mortal Kombat 2 by this stage, 1994, Hasbro bought out probably the the most iconic, I think, Mortal Kombat toys that everyone remembers, and these are very much in the shape of the G.I. Joe uh, figures in terms of their size and, and sculpt and stuff. Look, not very accurate, I, and I'm not a G.I. Joe expert, but there, I suspect there was a lot of reuse of moulds. Uh, Shang Tsung looked like he had some sort of army combat belt, <laughs> which last time I remember him, he was an old man in a robe. So they took a few liberties. They they did have some cloth goods, actually. You think of Scorpion and Sub-Zero with their the yellow and the blue geese that they had. And, th- and that was actually cloth on some of these, which I thought was a bit of a step away from
0: G.I. Joe. It's bold at three and three quarter inch, yeah. isn't it?
2: Well, they look... Yeah. They look pretty terrible because they don't exactly <laughs> yeah. sit very well, yeah, right? They yeah. they've quite well, look quite bulky. That's what the combat
3: belt is there for. Right? <laughs> Hold it, together, Hold it all know? together. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Just really ties the ensemble together. Yeah. Uh, they actually did that. I'm not sure if this was standard on Joe's, but they had like a, a twist punch type feature where you would you know twist at the waist, uh, and they'd you know strike back. Uh, they did all of the original seven for those who know the game. So you've got uh, obviously Scorpion, Sub Zero, Liu Kang, Sonya. Kano Johnny Cage um, Raiden. Raiden yes that's the one I was missing thank you uh, but they also got to Shang Tsung and even Agoro which of course was its own mold mm. very much an extended sort of torso complete with four arms and stuff so these are it's pretty good that you've got the entire first game in 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 character look loose and incomplete these go for about $20 Australian if you wanted to pick one up obviously condition can sort of vary uh, and they're around about fifty dollars mint on card, so okay. not not too bad for a toy that is, you know, from from the nineties. Uh, they actually did some even some vehicles in this line. There was only three. They did the Dragon Wing, which was actually very much meant to mimic the boat as you saw in the movie. Not sure if the movie had come out by this stage. I think the movie was ninety ninety five, if I recall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that looked pretty cool. There was a a combat cycle. A lot of these honestly just looked like G.I. Joe repaints. Um, but they didn't inc- did come with a figure. You had the combat cycle, which came with Kano, and then the the Dragon Mark I or MK1. Ha ha ha. Uh, which is a speedboat that I comes see with. What they did. Yeah, <laughs> clever, clever. So yeah, that one came with Reptile. But interestingly, they also did three sort of larger, almost 12-inch. Um, closer to Barbie doll sized figures of Scorpion, Johnny Cage and Raiden. Uh, And these are all with like cloth goods and and obviously you sort of think of the articulation of the larger G.I. Joe sized figures as they were uh, originally. They're a little bit harder to come by and of course a wee bit more expensive. So then we get to 1996 where they had the Mortal Kombat Trilogy line. This was by a company called Toy Island. I don't know I've ever heard of them. Yeah, they did. Anything else? Yeah,
0: they're not a Big name in the mm. toy business. I don't even think they're around today. But the one line they did have that I remember is the Robocop line. Oh, they did it okay. after the Kenner Robocop line, Toy Island picked up the license, I think, when they had the TV series. Yes, right. similar yeah. scale. Similar scale, yeah. yeah. But, yep. but I'd almost put this in the Lennard sort of group of companies. Okay. Lenard famous for doing the core, the sort of G.I. Joe ripoffs, yep. so that they were probably a bit of a subpar kind of right. on the quality side compared to the Mattels, the Hasbros, the yep. Kenners of the era.
2: Okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, so these were actually very similar. These were, again, that 3.75-inch sort of figures. They also as well did a couple of the larger sort of 10-inch figures. Um, by this stage, you had Mortal Kombat 3 was out and about, so they were able to bring out characters like Jax, Cyrax, Jade, and they even did a Sha Khan figure at that same sort of scale who, who did stand... In the correct scale, about a a head taller. But kind of noteworthy because it allowed you... They they fit in very well with the the vintage Hasbro stuff. So if you really want to flesh out that roster and keep that same sort of scale, these uh, Toy Island ones come out really well. Cool. Uh, Then we head to 1999 with Infinite Concepts Toys. Another sort of obscure brand. These are much closer to your uh, traditional sort of six-inch figure scales, but they come in at around seven and a half, some of them even eight-inch. They did have articulation, but again, we're talking late 90s. Nothing like the Marvel Legends stuff we're kind of used to now. And generally, whilst they did have sort of, you know, knees and, and ankles, they generally kind of looked good in one pose and yeah. one pose only. Do,
3: do you think this is like an offshoot of McFarlane toys? like calling It's themselves possibly, something yeah. Else? Because one pose, was that was the thing at that time. Mm. Like, let's let's include more uh, sculpt and more paint de- and yeah. detail, but let's not give the uh, option to pose them any differently because we want to keep that,
2: you know...
0: Aesthetic. Emphasis that on yeah. the sculpt. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. so,
2: yeah, so that, look, the sculpting on these was pretty good. Some of them look a bit strange, and it took me a while to work out what was so off about them. And it's like the shoulders are down too low. And so you end up with these, and it's because they're all muscly fighting characters. You end up with these really elongated necks, but they don't look like giraffe necks because they've got these insane muscles sort of tapering up. But the shoulders, particularly on Liu Kang, if you look at the pictures, it just seems, yeah, the shoulders are too low, and as a result, the arms seem too long, like they're down past his knees almost. When you think of a, a straight arm sort of pose, <laughs>
0: that was very much the the '90s, the late '90s yeah. design aesthetic, almost wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, these super long arms and these. Super crazy poses. Mm. That,
2: yeah, well, it would have matched with the comics really well, I'm yeah. sure. So uh, by this stage, you had uh, Mortal Kombat 4 as far as the games was was out and about. So despite that big roster, we still only got six figures from that line. No surprise with some of them. Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Liu Kang. But we got uh, a first look at a Mileena figure as well. I would have thought it'd be a no-brainer to do a katana repaint of yeah, that but exactly. it uh, never happened. Now because there was only so few of these and they they were the first larger scale ones really, these will still go set you back about 100 bucks loose wow. trying to find one. Didn't really come with accessories. Again, like Melina didn't come with her size for example, which is it feels like a missed opportunity. But yeah, Minson car, these will set you back 250-300 bucks to try and chase down, but they're pretty pretty highly regarded because of that. As I said, good call with a McFarlane-esque sort of sculpting. Yeah. 2000, we had Palisades give the line a go. Very uh, short-lived, this one. Uh, Very similar, pre-posed six-inch figures, but the standout from this was a really nice-looking Goro, uh, there was no articulation in these, sorry. And the Goro was sort of like, you know, reaching forward on, on one foot with the hands sort of splayed all, uh, all over the place. That one alone is like $200, $300 if wow. you can find it. Wow. Okay. So it's it's one of those, if you're into that six-inch sort of line, pre-Storm uh, Collectibles yeah, doing it. Yeah, that was your version. That was the Goro to get.
0: Interesting, yeah, because Palisades I know very well. I mean, they did it high quality figures in the vein of McFarlane and Necker yeah. at the time. Mm. The biggest line I remember them for was being the Muppets line. Yeah. Yes. And they were insane with the Very details. Accurate, accurate yeah. really screen accurate in terms of the figures. But they also did a heap with dioramas. Mm. You know, you could get the Swedish chef's kitchen yeah. and it had all the knives and all the little bits that went in. So, so an amazing company yeah. that put out some good stuff. I can imagine that Goro being sort of sought yeah. after. Yeah. And without Storm being in the in the picture, and producing a pretty good Goro figure themselves, yeah. that would be the one to get. Yeah, yeah.
3: For, for me, anything Palisades touched was quality. So they also did Micronauts line; they were the um, mm. reboot for Micronauts. But for me, uh, aside from the Muppets line, Palisades to me is statues. So, mm. yep. or they did all the Alien and Predator statues that I've um, collected back in the day,
0: which were high and quality, detailed well, that, statues. Oh, that's right; yeah. they,
3: they were just sensational. Cool. And uh, so, and they almost did. Uh, Sesame Street, after the mothers, mm, they yes. always did, but they sort of uh, folded um, before, folded before yeah. they could do that, which is un- unfortunate, but mm. yeah. Anyway.
2: All right, so now we fast forward to 2005. These are from Jazzwares Toys. Look, if you were to, again, excusing the Storm collectible stuff, which is very hot at the moment, if you were to try and go back and get some older toys, this is the where I'd, I'd suggest you start, right? These are... The closest thing Mortal Kombat has ever done to Marvel Legends in terms of their scale, the attention to detail. Of course, by now in the games, there you've got a lot more detail in these figures. Scorpion and Sub Zero aren't just colour swaps of each other. This is around the time where Sub Zero has his very Shredder-esque looking helmet, uh, and these figures sort of represented that really, really well. Uh, they, uh, Jazzwares had several waves. They had some that were even based on the Shaolin monks. Uh, which was a spin-off game for those that know it. They had some that were based on MK9, some that were based on MK Deception. It was really nice that they had waves relating to each of the games. You could say, if I'm only interested in this game, I get that wave and and then I'm done. So 6-inch, highly articulated, good likenesses. There was three waves. Um, I think two of them had four figures, one of them had five. There was a subline that they did that was dubbed Classics, and these were more in that 3.75-inch from the old stuff. And helped flesh out characters that Hasbro and that never got to. So again, if you wanted to complete that, uh, you could. They were probably one of the first ones from a Mortal Kombat point of view to do exclusives in two packs. As far as I could see, this was the first time we had the skull head version of Scorpion. Or you had a a translucent blue ice version of Sub-Zero. And you, you look at what they do now with this sort of stuff and those features have sort of carried through. Uh, What else did they have? They had a four-pack of Ninja repaints, which was very much the same thing. You had Ermac and Reptile and Smoke all in a a four-pack, and even a six-pack that was done at the smaller 3.75-inch scale. First time, we got to look at characters like Baraka and Kung Lao, of course, with the hat, uh, Noob cybot, and this sort of thing. A really, really cool line. I'm not going to name all the figures in it because it's it's very, very expansive over the um, not-quite... What is that? Eight year run from the look of that. So yeah, that's probably once you start getting into the real before the real modern stuff, I'd say that's where you want to go. If you want a decent collection of Mortal Kombat stuff that looks like the characters, good representations, that's that's kind of where I'd start.
3: Cool, and the classics is uh classically spelt with the
0: with K, K. With a K. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you get your school teacher coming yeah. over to that, crossing it out, yeah. putting a C, that's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah the yeah. thing you've been working on all year, yeah, yeah. 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 that would suck if that it happened. Would. Yeah. yeah, couldn't imagine it.
2: And look from here, we get more into the uh the modern stuff. Mezco picked up the license in 2015, uh, these were again six inch uh, related. This is more based on the Mortal Kombat X design, so we saw characters. Kitana, right, who's been around since 94, finally got her, her first figure in, in 2015. Uh, Quan Chi. This is where they also started the, the the bloody versions where you take the same figure, flick a bit of red paint at it, and you suddenly have an exclusive, right, that people want. It just it fits really oh, well with the line. Yeah. Um, they started doing stuff like semi-translucent Raiden where you'd have the original paint scheme, but then the bottom half would... Fade into translucent plastic, like he's doing the the teleport move, where he'd he'd go from one side to the other. Nice. So they they paid real attention to these are the characteristics of these fighters. Let's try and include those in in the toys. These are also uh, Sam Cripps has has got some of these, and I've picked up a couple from him. These are the they did larger twelve inch versions of Sub Zero and Scorpion. Yep. Uh, he's got those down at Nerds Paradise if you're interested. Um, yeah, they're very cool. Figures, Because, again, we're not talking colour swaps of each other.
0: And they're very detailed, aren't they? Oh, like yeah. At this point, they're to their the own specific character. designs, right? Mm. Their, their costumes are unique, mm. um, and they have captured a lot of that detail. Yep, absolutely.
2: And so, yeah, that basically brings us to the Storm Collectibles stuff that, of course, Trent uh, and I know very well. Um, oh, they're killing it as far as the, what they're producing and... I think the, what does it for me is the accessories they, they give with it, oh, right?
0: It's insane, isn't it?
2: Multiple hands, multiple heads for the different style of even the ninja mask, depending on your your flavor, um, and yeah, that Goro is just pretty. other the Shao
0: Kahn even. Oh yeah, they they are insane. They are epic. Shao Kahn comes with the throne, mm-hmm. which is you know puts it in this massive it's box huge to box. fit that in. It's, it's insane. Really good. The the effects, and you talked about the bloody variants coming in the Jazzwares Mm. line as a very sensible repaint. You know, Darren will tell us all about sensible repaints that make sense. This is one. (laughs) But a lot of them come with, you know, like you might have Ermac who lifts up characters with green glowing effects and kind of with his fatalities, rips off their arms. Mm. And so you can take a bloody character, bloody version or bloody variant, attach these ripped off sort of arm sockets where it's a semi-detached arm, put him in the green glow being lifted up, And that is a, you know, finishing move on one of your characters. And you can use the bloody version to portray the fatality. And
3: and it's a photographer's dream. You know, if you've got a bit of skill to get rid of the um, the stand, just prop them up and things, you could go to town and really get some crisp uh, action shots. uh, uh, Yeah. I
0: love love a lot of the photographers that have put in, you know, the words. So they've got fatality. fatality. And they've printed it off and they've done the diorama backgrounds just like the game they've stuck the words up and they just look beautiful yep. you can yep. the posing yeah. Frank as you know you can get a lot of the you know Sub-Zero doing his ice slide yep. and it gives Down you on the one knee, one knee. You, can yep. get, you can pretty much replicate that move yep. and they'll give you the little ice bit that goes yep. next it to it. goes his around his foot. foot to yeah. yeah
2: the effects and stuff yeah so they I feel like they've finally whereas a lot of fighting game figures tend to focus on the articulation and rightly so mm. Storm in particular really nailing it with the extra stuff that, is what gives the characters their flair in the game, right? Yep. You play these things as Sub Zero because you can freeze people or zap people with Raiden. Now you can do that in in plastic. Yeah. yeah. These, really.
3: these storm collectibles, in my opinion, is on par with uh, Mezgo One Twelve. Yes. Except, yeah, that, you know, Mezco One Twelve gone sort of the comic book route yep. uh, and uh, movie esque and things, whereas Storms go on the video game, mm. and, and they're each keeping to their own track, but each producing such quality. Yes. Figures with real cloth material, accessories galore, uh, at a price point, you know, around that $100 mark, uh, but still way, you know, still Wonder affordable a, a, for a high-end yep. uh, figure um, at that 7 Yeah,
0: and you uh, feel there are a lot of money to buy, and, and sort of when you go, oh, I'm going to get in on this line, and you think if they have 30, 40 figures, it's an expensive um you know line to collect mm. but with the accessories you feel like you're getting good value, value absolutely you know you, you see that throne that comes with shao khan you know you go well that's that's a it's almost a diorama mm. pack in mm. and then you get the alternate heads you get all the hands you get the hammer you just go wow that's i'm getting value for that 110 120 bucks so yeah. no, yeah. wonderful there is one line in there that they have done as well which is the Super 7-style... Um, Funko line so it's done in that Masters of the Universe but oh, yes. done by Funko they oh, put out the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Savage World
0: Savage World yeah, yeah. so they yeah. Did, did a few I, I don't know the future of Savage World uh, I think it's dead It's, it's pretty it water, water. Yeah. seems to be seems to be dead they did talk about Thundercats having a wave 2 and they had some prototype images of Chitara and a few of the other characters I think Tigra was in he, there mm. even so,
3: Conan and things never got yeah they, yes. they didn't get seems done so like I think no that brain. line
0: is dead but we did get a few Based on, I think it was more that the latest yeah, series, Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat X, X? It was, yeah. yeah.
2: So they're the very much the newer designs. It, it seems like if you're going those vintage style figures, a something that's based on a Mortal Kombat one or two seem would seemingly go really well. But yeah, that's that's the route they chose. And then of course we're still talking Mortal Kombat. Of course, McFarlane mm. have famously picked up the license in the last few months.
0: Yeah, and again, I think we'll be seeing the more modern video game iterations of of the characters. Yep. I think they've got a Sub-Zero and a Scorpion prototypes out, and they look great. They mm. look a, a lot like the Mezco stuff, in my mind, that yeah. that sort of detailed look. That sort of stuff.
2: I think I remember reading a, an interview with Todd at some point, and he did say, look, we're going deep into the roster, which to me says you may get a, you know, um, probably exclusive at some point, but you're going to get old-school-looking versions of the characters as nice.
0: well as, yep. obviously, the modern stuff. And it's clever what they're doing with the games now with, say, MK11. Mm. That there are the skins, and they've done yep. it all the way through. You can go back, like I've been playing Mortal Kombat X, mm. and you know, pick your skin. Basically, when yep. you load up your character, you can pick a lot of classic skins. Mm. So those modern games still incorporate those very iconic looks, and that gives you the angle, even if you're doing a modern game, yep. to go and do appeal sort of, to the retro yeah, classic look. And and certainly for for my sensibilities, I, look, I'm I'm enjoying all the modern games. But there's a nostalgia for those vintage looks that I want to put in my collection, mm. and that and that for me at the moment the storm is just killing it's it because they're nailing, it nailing that, it? one to three, which are my my favourite games. I played the hell out of all of them. Yeah, you know, I played. I had, I was back on the PC days. I was, <laughs> yes, sir. I, I went that. <laughs> to Virgin in the bottom of the Maya Centre to buy Mortal Kombat Three on CD-ROM. Wow, and I reckon I paid. Hundred dollars oh. for it, and and it was a no-brainer decision. Yep. I'm getting that Get for, my, for my for <laughs> <and> my <I'm laughs> four gonna eight, 8 six. I'm going to smack it in 8. and and you know play play the absolute buggery out of this yep. game. So yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, I think particularly with what Storm have done, I'd like to see them give like some of the other bigger characters, Kintaro, oh. which would be a fairly easy redo with a lot of shared parts with Goro. But even uh, Mortaro, for those oh, who remember, is yeah. basically a centaur yeah. with a, a giant steel tail and uh, just with horns on his head. Oh, it'd be an amazing character to uh, to do. So, yeah, yeah.
0: now wonderful, Sweet. love it, love it, love my Mortal Kombat. Mm. How good was that? It was so edgy, wasn't it? And, and we actually have Mortal Kombat the film, the yes, motion yeah, picture being filmed yes. in a in Adelaide, which mm-hmm. is our hometown. Uh, which is very cool. They put out the casting call and it was doing the rounds on Facebook. Um, They were asking for what a lot of sort of Unique looking people to people come round. People who around.
2: stand out in a crowd, and tats. they gave examples with yeah. tats and and piercings, and you know, bodybuilders. D- and Davey stuff.
3: was first on the list. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> his, they they, they said, put his photo yeah, there and said, said, "If you look this, like this, yeah, yeah, this is what we want. If you if you stand out in a crowd and look like Davey, yep. you've done you've done the biggest dump you <laughs> have in your life, you know. And uh, this is what you're, you know we're looking for. Um, this is sort of the shoe program we want. So, uh, so, so you know, Davey was. There yeah, I tried to slip him a, um, a bit of money to hold a big toy power podcast yep. sign to just wave <laughs> it you know, wave while, it, yeah. he's, while uh, he's in line behind, yeah. behind screen and things, and he yeah. uh, <laughs> sort of backlash me. But uh,
0: yeah, uh, well, I, I <laughs> had to try. try. I had to try. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. You know, I but be, I best of luck to Davy and all the other characters yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. that are going to be in the film. Cause, so much fun. Uh, yeah, and I, I honestly cannot wait to see this film. Uh, hopefully, I, I bet you we won't even see anything that even resembles Adelaide. No, right? oh, no, it'll you won't be able to tell. It'll be so uh, un, yeah. unrecognisable. Yeah, yeah, outworldly. Port Adelaide yes. and all, all yeah. the
1: other locations that they're shooting yeah. at. But you know what? This this um, goes to what we're talking about, about the future of the property as well, because there's bound to be a movie line. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's good. Well, to, to that point, even in the Mortal Kombat 11, the game, I think they announced the the actor who's playing Sub-Zero. They've actually already produced a skin oh. with his likeness oh, in the game. Nice. And for free, you just go, yeah. right, you've got the game. Yep. You can now look like it's, the future Sub-Zero who yeah. we haven't even seen he's yet. He's the right? guy
3: from um, the, Raid? The, the Raid. Yes, uh, I, I, that's Raid's, right. I, yeah. I love that film. And he's getting a lot of uh, new movies on Netflix and Stan and things yeah, like that. Right. Uh, Kung Wu and things yeah, like that. Yep, yep. Uh, that's so he's up. he's a bit of an up and comer to, yeah. to watch out for. He's got amazing skills. Yeah. Um I'm I, I put my hand up and say I'm a big Street Fighter fan, so I'm a bit of the Boo.
2: left yeah, I'm <laughs> a, bit, a bit left field when it
3: comes to uh, chat about Mortal Kombat. But the I, you I can have,
2: love them both, you know.
3: You know, aside from the um, fatalities and the blood and the gore that Mortal Kombat does so well. Massive respect for bringing in um, licensed characters into their yes, games. I've right? yeah. you know, like done that Trent's, recently. Trent saying, you know, like, oh, I've been playing Predator yeah. last night yep. and Jason, you know, uh, sorry, uh, Freddy Cougar and yep, things like Jason that.
2: Jason as well, yeah. Uh,
3: Jason, sorry, yeah, cool.
0: There was an alien um, character yeah, you know, play you know, as a Xenomorph. You can
2: literally have alien versus Predator yeah. and then, you know, kill the uh, other yeah. one at the end. That, that's <laughs> almost
3: worth me just going to buy yeah. those games just to play those characters. What you know, handful of times, and then never, never touch the game again. Like oh, that's how passionate I am about some of these yeah. properties, and it's you know something else to go and play to be uh, playing something instead of just watching it on TV yep. or just reading it in a comic to actually you know use their moves in a game. So uh, I mad respect.
2: That. Well, I think what helps Mortal Kombat. Co- I mean, yeah, you're right about the blood and the gore, but I think what helps it stand out compared to nearly every other fighting game I can think of is that they actually put a lot of effort into the story and the lore behind it now of course it started out very simple I mean, Not uh, some people might know but in the beginning Raiden was a bad guy Raiden was uh, a god who was just like oh humans are crap and he literally if you finish the game as Raiden in Mortal Kombat 1 it says oh Raiden was sick of these pathetic mortals. he destroyed the world Have a nice day. That's actually what it says on screen is have a nice day. And over the years, he's morphed into this benevolent sort of protector of Earth. And now it's kind of years later swung the other way where he's gone back to that pissed off Elder God. His lightning is now red because he's so angry with you dumb mortals keep losing these tournaments and I have to save your asses every single time. So compared to, uh, with all due respect, compared to Street Fighter where it's, Ken wants to be the strongest fighter in the world for the 10th year in a row. Like, Mortal Kombat seems to have evolved their characters. And there's always exceptions when they have really large rosters and stuff. But, you know, the whole Sub-Zero and Scorpion thing, they're no longer um, enemies. They actually work together now because they've resolved that over the years and and the stories. So, yeah, really, really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, no, very good property. And glad it's getting its due again in terms of some really good Mm. games. I mean, they probably had a bit of a a rougher patch in terms of well, some Well, there was of the that games.
2: Mortal Kombat versus DC game that no one talks about. No, I think. See, I like
3: that. See, That's one. <laughs> Honestly,
0: too. Okay, okay. Too. okay, okay.
3: It might have been bad from from a, from it was a bad. no, okay, from a gamer's point, from a hardcore yeah. gamer's point of view. But I've I've gone over to my mate's house. Right, we he doesn't play much games. I certainly do not play games, and he's like, look, I've got this. Um, PS4, come around for a few beers. Let's play Mortal Kombat versus DC. That that to me is like shut up and take my money. Yeah. Right? I'm <laughs> I'm there right now, you know, and and we played it all night, you know, and we we're not very good. Like uh, we were sort of trying to, you know, do finishing moves and things on each other, which were failing, but like. <laughs> Just that aspect that they're, yep. um, you know, uh, crossing those two worlds over. Like, that is instant win. That is something I would buy, you know, and, and play. I, I wouldn't know if, how good it was compared to Mortal Kombat 10 and, you know, 9 yeah. and whatnot. Um, but just, just that... Avenue that they've done that is amazing to me. You know, and I remember walking through Teacher Plaza and seeing huge banners yep. hanging over the escalators like Mortal Kombat, you know, it's um, Scorpion on one side and Batman, Batman on the other. Yeah. And yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I want to play that game. Like, <laughs> you know, they, ha- you ha- they suck me in, yep. you know, and yeah. if that's all they got and if they all they needed. Thought, you, know, uh, you know, good on them. Yeah. No, so, I
1: couldn't agree more. I yeah, mean, it's that brand recognition too. Yeah. I mean, pulling two things together that you think may not necessarily go that well together, and in making it work. I yeah. mean that that's good fun and. You know that carries the game, whether the game's any good or not. Yeah,
2: I think I think was well, the biggest issue with it was is because it was DC characters, yeah. you couldn't have scorpion ripping no. Batman. Spider. There were no fatalities, and so the but... violence was really toned back. And yeah. as and I remember when Ed Boon, of course, is was, was one of the biggest trolls on the internet. Ed Boon is the creator of Mortal Kombat. He teases fans relentlessly, and he was yeah, new Mortal Kombat game. It's coming, it's coming, and then they announced it, and everyone's like wait this was meant to be like Mortal Kombat 6 or whatever they were up to and like all right let's see how this goes and then they you know the joker's fatality is he literally goes to shoot someone in the head and at first it's a gag gun and, you know he just comes out the little banner that says bang go, haha then he pulls out another gun and shoots him but the camera pulls away so you don't actually see the joke. and that but that just yeah. uh, the Mortal Kombat community went nuts let me tell you um and yeah, look, it was it was a good DC fighting game. Yes, I'll, I'll put it that exactly. way. Exactly. And I think now what they've done, they're really smart. They've spun it off. You go. You've got the Injustice series, which is all the DC yes, stuff, yep. and that's a really good quality game. And now they, you know, they've sort of separated the two because I think around that time that what led into that was Midway Studios, who of course where they it comes from. Was purchased by Warner Brothers, so now that's why they have access to the Predator and the Alien and anything else that Warner Brothers owns. Yeah. So wicked, wicked, wicked,
0: Very good. All right, we'll wrap our vintage tournament retrospective. Thank you so much, Frank, for taking us through Mortal Kombat. All right, it's time to head into our second part of listener questions. We're gonna head into a question from Tim Choll. He says, hi guys, I've been meaning to ask you a couple of questions. Would love to know your thoughts. So the first one is, what ways do you like to protect mint on cards? The internet has very little info on the topic. I'm curious if you deploy any outside of the box solutions, Ben.
3: All right. So I think Trent's the man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna He's going to say go to man in this group. But for me, if I was uh, asking, uh, I'd say get the Zulu World cases or mm-hmm. any any protector Zulu World. Yeah. Zolo World uh, yeah, get those protective cases. Um, that's what I uh, try to go for. I know Zulu World is terrible for having anything in stock yep. and you're sort of got to pre-order them um, for years in advance. But get those sort of cases or um, try and outsource those hard acrylic cases. Because yep. yeah. I know there's uh, companies that do those hard acrylic cases that you don't have to go to AFA to get them graded anymore. You can find um, cases to put the, your uh, expensive lines in them. Uh, aside from that, it's all about climate. It's all about, mm. um, you know, where you store them, how you store them, Um, Yeah,
2: uh, I think uh, a bit of common sense comes into play. Yeah. um, Look, as someone who has very little mint on card stuff, uh, I think the, the stuff that I have sort of gotten from Trent to put on display that is mint on card... Um, to me I've always looked at the mint on card stuff with the, the peg holes to me that's it's greatest weakness right that's how they display them in the shelves because you know what they don't care if they punch the little thing out and, and they don't care if it rips because some kids pulled it off the peg and I see lots of you see lots of examples of this where people have you know they use pins or whatever on their wall and to me I, I just couldn't do that because I sit there and go what if over you know you've got a, a heavy 6 inch figure that's slowly pulling on this thing over time that cardboard has only got so much strength so yeah there's all cases would obviously help that sort of thing to me I'd I'd put it on a shelf and I know that's easier said than done and infrastructure and all these sorts of things but to me I I personally I wouldn't almost have them hanging I get that's why the peg hole is there Um, and yeah the climate is is the big one I guess even sitting on the shelf and it depends on how the clamshell is constructed but you can get particularly with real vintage stuff the bubble and the glue sort of popping off um, even when it's just sort of sitting there. Um, yeah, not really an expert on it, but uh, my advice would be just open it, really. Just open the toys, therefore it's not a problem anymore. That's problem
0: solved.
1: Very honest response. Very frank of you, Frank. I find the protective cases like Ben and, and Frank have talked to uh, good solutions, The both the acrylic, um cases and the um, Zolo World Cases I think do a really really good job of that. You do have to be mindful of climate. I also agree that that for me I've I've found I've never really been comfortable hanging them up. It's again that whole gravity thing and and weight of you know uh, these things age and mm. you know particularly if you're talking about a vintage item. I mean what do you really expect for it to be able to do? They weren't made to hang on there for thirty. Forty years, yeah, that's it. they, you know. So if you can find some way of shelving it that doesn't involve hanging, hanging it off in that's that's the way to go and keep it away from sunlight. Keep it a, in some sort of protective case and and um, and good luck and hang in there and and that because we're all fighting the clock when it comes to these things. <laughs> hang yeah. in that, that, there. I say on. that literally because <laughs> so, I saw something on on um, line the other day and it freaked a lot of people out. Someone had a mint on card vintage sorceress. And both legs were off on the car. Yeah, Ah. nothing you can do. uh, What can you do? And people were talking about about (laughs) legless, legless. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, she was was legless. Um, A few too many. Talking about the idea that you know that could become the norm, like you know these things weren't weren't made, and you know Mm. the the rubbers can perish, and that. So so there is an element of luck, and we're fighting the clock because Mm. they weren't made to to be perpetually mid-time card. We're, mm. we're going against nature Yeah, we keep them that way.
0: No, exactly. I, all those sentiments are perfect. I don't have a lot to add to that. For The the big one for me is the sunlight or the UV. Mm. I, I would take a crumpled bubble with some creases over a yellowed bubble. The yellow bubble just irks me Hugely, that's just a pet peeve of mine as a mint on card collector. I'll take other blemishes over the yellowing of the bubble. So, my rooms that I display any mint on cards are always totally blocked out from any UV or yes. any sunlight. Yeah, that's yeah. the big one for me. Um, so yeah, but and, and echoing the sentiments, I mean, my volume of mint on card is just not practical to buy protectors for everything. I have found issues, something I had one, um. Of the deluxe masters of the universe. It happened to be the Terraclaw Skeletor figure that was that I got on a Zolo World case. And that relies on your card back being fairly flush to Uh. to close it. And and when I was, I think, putting it in there, because it wasn't perfectly flat, it actually started to rip the bubble off. Because you you know what you're doing? When by closing the case, you're essentially Assuming that it's the flat, yep. these are the dimensions. And if it's not, it's going to start pulling and contorting. So just be a little bit careful with the cases. Those those acrylic ones are really nice. They slot in. They've got a little liner. Um So, yeah, you know, but you have to be selective. I went and invested in the Masters of Universe Classic official clam protectors by Mattel, but it was expensive. Mm. I mean, I think I was probably paying in the order of around $10 Australian for each of those protectors because they were four in a pack and they Oof. were bulky to ship. Yeah. They were just big, yep. light, yeah. but big. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is produced in the States. It costs a lot to ship. So I weigh it up. I go, look, do I really want to spend $15 on, on 200 mint on card figures? It's a big investment mm. to protect it. I did it with Classics because Mattel were producing them. They were manufactured at a low enough cost that the economics worked. That's, that's my only mm. point on yeah. those protectors is they are an expensive yeah. investment, yeah. Yeah. but very I, good.
3: I, I think in summary, I can sum it up in three things. Um, keep it away from sunlight. Don't get it wet and don't yeah. feed them after midnight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. exactly. Okay. Uh, question number two from Tim. Uh, can you debate the issue of scalpers? Are these people hurting the community or just part of the game? I'll give an example. Target US TMNT necker packs are instantly taken by scalpers here in America who turn around and double their price on local Facebook listings. How exactly is that a service to anyone since it's clearly about beating you to the store? On the other hand, maybe such people help spread products to the outside markets. Anyhow could uh, any anyhow could probably be an entire episode about it lol (laughs) certainly could be an entire
1: episode it could be
2: an entire episode this is uh, yeah people have lots of different opinions about this and it depends on which side of the fence you sit I know our I think just our friends at Breaking the Panel you've got Chris on one side and Paul very much on the other side and
0: I love hearing both those yeah, sides. Yeah, it's though, a really they, interesting. They give you a perspective. Yep. Because I was very much, you know, anti-scalper, and then I heard some of Paul's views. Mm. You know, and and it's like well, they make perfect yeah. sense. Yep. You, so you, anyone listens to um, uh,
3: the uh, "My Wife Is Going to Kill Me" podcast, uh, they uh, he uh, the head guy he is. A scalper, like not not a scalper, but he's a reseller, right? He's got a shop, and so he says it, and but he'll he'll give you a good price if you're you know if you come up and he knows you and you're a uh, fan of the show or something, and you know it's yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry, Sorry. I'm stealing. it. Yeah,
2: no, no, no. I I I don't really have a a, because Trent's point is exactly right. I was very much nut nut. They're the worst, and then you hear Paul talk it through, and, and I got a lot of respect for Paul. He's a very logical sort of guy when you break it down, and. I mean, the example that, uh, that Tim has given us, it's an interesting one because those are available everywhere at retail in America or Target in, in America. Uh, and so as an Australian, they, they don't come to the Target stores we have here. It's a, it's a different chain despite sharing the same name. So look, is that a way that as an Australian, I might be able to get my hands on them? Sure. Uh, so it does, it does open up possibilities for other people. Uh, look, it comes down to supply and demand at the end of the day. You know, you, you see this in other industries, not just toys. You know, markets where these products don't come to other countries, people go to the effort of going to the stores, pick it up, put it on eBay. Then there's listing it and the shipping and all that. Aren't they entitled to make a little bit of money on the side? I think that the, the issue comes is, and we've seen it, I think we talked about the, the, this Ushis thing that was sort of happening recently with Sam is when it gets out of hand and there's clearly shill, shill bidding going on and, and these sorts of things. That they're entitled to make a little bit, yes. If they're doing it consistently, uh, it's a bit of a grey area. But to your point about, you know, my wife is going to kill me, that's that's what he does. That's his job. Then, yeah, that's you're entitled to make a profit, I believe.
1: Mm. I think this is one with a tremendous amount of greyness and really difficult to unpack in the amount of time we've got for it. But I'll just quickly... Um, say that I think it's a situation... It, it's very easy if you don't like scalping or if you don't like paying more for something and you miss out on something to blame this the scalper. And I'm not necessarily saying they don't have some, um, some responsibility for what's happening, but I do think availability and distribution has created a market for scalping. The fact that... Um, something isn't exclusive to a store or exclusive to a convention or exclusive to to anything, I think just creates a natural market because it. it when you're talking about exclusive, you're talking about excluding a section of the fan base. Yep. Um. By its very nature, you're in a position where your store or your convention that you're going to is able to sell it and you're able to go and purchase it. You on the other side, if you can't get there or for whatever reason, you, you can't Buy it unless someone else sells it to you. So, so I I guess creating that sort of division has created a market for scalping to thrive. And and I think it's really easy to to blame scalpers or resellers for that when you know the situation is much more complicated than that. Obviously, you know, and we're talking about Necker as the example. Necker have had to strike a deal that has allowed them to keep making turtle figures and get them into stores. And it would not have been an easy task to, to do because obviously Playmates hold the master license for what? Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, and they've made enormous inroads in the last couple of years, just getting them into, to target stores and and GameStop stores and and other collectible venues. In my mind, that you know, there's still probably going to be some teething problems with that. Your they're... target, your local target, may not get as many as someone else's, or they might sell out quicker, depending on what the demographics of your neighbourhood are. You know, there's going to be some, some teething problems along the way, and the, I
3: guess there will be scalpers because, again, availability is limited. Well, mm. the Neca figures aren't even allowed to be in the toy department; no. they've got to be in their own separate video games. Exactly, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. That's right. It's one so, of the restrictions. So Neca have have fought tooth and nail just to yeah. get themselves into a major retail outlet. Yep. Not that I'm backing anything here, but it's, uh, you know... Good. No,
1: I think they deserve some credit for yes. that. But so, so the target for, for stepping in and exactly. taking a chance on it yep. and, and, and GameStop as well for the movie ones yep. as well. I think, you know, it, it's gutsy to to get involved in, and play in that space when for so long it's been dominated by Playmates and would have taken some, you know, some real negotiating skills, I think, with... With Nickelodeon and and the rights holders to get get this deal through, yeah. And you know, it may not is it's not perfect. I acknowledge that. If it was perfect, I, we'd all be able to buy them from our nearest store. Yeah, exactly. But um, but it's better than what we had before, and they're making them. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, my view on this has changed a lot as I've matured, or maybe gone through um, you know, a significant amount of time in the collecting space. And I guess I say this as a sort of summary. We love, I mean, here in the room, we're passionate collectors. We love these properties. We love toys and we love the figures. And there's stuff that we just, it resonates with us and we want it in our collections. That's just how we are. So when something comes up that we really want or really like or see it as completing part of a collection we've got and it's hard to get and there's a very few number of them produced and people know that, they know that we're gonna want this, it almost feels like we're being exploited. So Mm. someone can come in and almost take advantage of that to make money out of us. Now that's again, Frank, to your point around supply and demand, and I think Darren summed this up really well, it's not an easy solution. Companies are trying, they wanna make as much of this product as they can and get as much of it out there. Scalpers thrive on the exclusivity or the fact that these things are limited. And that's really what drives the value up. If you can, you know, I did it. I wrote an article on this on our Toy Power Patreon mm. page around the Helms Deep Gimli. And I was going to buy as many of those as I could find. And I only ever found two in because these were a Australian exclusive back yep. in the day. And I bought it for $15 and I sold it for $300 the next day because it was that wow. rare and that hard to get. Do I feel bad for doing that? Yeah, a little bit. But hey, that's just the market mm. forces... That's an exclusive item. If you want it, you have to pay the market price. So I've sort of come around to, you know, I have to accept that as a collector, I choose to want to buy something. And if that is the price I need to pay to get an exclusive item, that's my choice. Mm. And I know we feel as collectors, like we're being ripped off or taken advantage of because someone went to that con and bought that Masters of the Origin 2-pack for $40 US. And now they're selling it for $200. dollars Well, they had to go to the con, they had to buy the ticket, they had to wait in line, they had to do all those things.
1: Possibly pay for their accommodation. Yeah, pay the, for their accommodation,
0: right? Yeah. I'm not doing that, so if I want that, it's that's my choice, yeah. it's the premium. Yeah. So I, I think now very much to, you know, I, I've just paid for some um uh, what are they power con exclusives okay i really wanted those exclusives okay so there was a white ninja and some snake yes. horde troopers there was a slime he man i didn't want to go to big bad toy store cuz it was super expensive there was someone on the dot org that came and said i'll do it for you for a x dollar markup per item and i'm now paying the shipping i paid the shipping a couple of days ago which was expensive it's expensive to ship these figures are going to be Hundred and fifty dollar figures by the time Itch. I get them in wow. hand, pretty much, pretty much, they're going to be expensive figures, right? Mm. But that's a choice I made. Yeah, that's the Australian cost. Dollars. Yeah, Australian yeah. dollars. Yeah. They're going to be, or well, they're they're well in the, they're well in excess of a hundred dollars. I haven't done the final maths on it, but they're uh, they're
1: expensive figures. Um, I mean, the Aussie dollar just tumbled. Yeah, I mean going. it's sixty five cents. Was, it's, yeah, it's horrendous.
0: Now that's my choice to collect them because they mean something to me. I don't begrudge Val. He's running a convention. He runs that probably at a loss, let's be honest. He doesn't make a lot of money from that. He runs it out of love. He runs it for the love. He does a great thing. I'm happy to support him. I know the exclusives make the convention possible. I don't mind paying $150 to get those three figures that I really want. I'm not going to begrudge it. It's my choice. But I can understand in this because we're so passionate, because collectors are so passionate, we hate feeling like we're being ripped off, so I yeah. think that's that's the the tension. The,
1: the other important note to make on the Powercon exclusives is talking about them in years gone past, and and I imagine that still applies across the board. Vow has consulted with Mattel in the past, and and then Super Seven after Super Seven took on the line about figures that you know a vocal group of fans might want and call for that those toy companies have no intention of releasing, distributing, making available by other means. So, you know, your Camo Cans and your Red Beast man and your Green Granamere and those sorts of things that have come and gone uh, are things that, that Mattel and Super 7 had, had no intention of getting to. So some of these exclusives are a way to get characters that you would otherwise not ever see.
3: The light, they'd never see the light of day. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. well called. Uh, for me, it's all about money. And unfortunately, there's always going to be scalpers, right? Um, you need to, in, in a... Um, you know, counteracting way, you need to set up almost a network of friends who can look yeah. out for you, uh, each other, and grab items uh, you want. So here at Toy Power, we look out for each other very closely. I am messaged Trent, you know, do you need this Jurassic World figure? You? you know, blah blah blah. Um, I can almost be called a scalpel myself, right? And this follows on to the next question, which I had to be very, I had to be very careful how I answered to, but I. I often uh, like to hunt the garage sales, not written, not necessary garage sales. The, the um the sort of um, what do you call it? Uh, the op shops yeah. and the uh, you know uh, market stalls and things. Yeah. And I have been known to pick up a four dollar vintage toy and on sell it for seventy dollars. Right? And does that make me a shit on? Or, or, but I have. All, for the hundred times I've to, uh um Yeah, you've you got know, nothing. You see nothing. I've I've, yeah. I've visited things. I've picked up a $2 toy and I've sold it for $2.50, you mm. know, or yeah. I've traded it for equal value or, you know, a lot of these things that I pick up, it's not because, oh, look, I can make money off this. It's I'm putting it in my collection or that'll be good trade bait, you know, mm. down the track. Um, And I like to, that's my sort of foot in the door to be able to set up a table at some of these um, uh, cons and not have the same things mm. uh, over and over again because yep. I what I have on my table is 90% what I have, what I collect, yep. right? Mm. And I like to have a sprinkling of Star Wars and I like to have a sprinkling of whatever, you know, uh, else. And and so be it that one time in a, in a hundred um, visits, I find that, gold you know yep. and i and it's it, yeah. it's got nothing uh, interest of for me and i've onsold it for a a
0: very very tidy profit and yeah.
3: like when you, you found know, that vintage jack face no no it wasn't
1: but if you don't face,
0: do it and you leave it behind the next person that's going to gonna gonna do it, it. that knows yeah, yeah, the values yeah. i mean it has a market yeah. value Yep. if you can buy that for under the market yep. value i think you're entitled to sell it at market yep. value yep. i mean yep. it's just it's just economics. Yeah. It's just the way that, that it works, and it became abundant to me with our friend Guy Blocko, who yes. has the you know runs a business yes. of selling toys. Yep. If he's there lining up at nine o'clock for those garage sales to find that item for whatever yeah. price he pays for it, yeah, he's entitled to, it. to sell it for Absolutely. market value, and he was always very generous with his pricing. Yes. So yes. I don't I don't care what he bought it for. He's selling it to well, me for twenty dollars, fifteen dollars, hmm. or whatever it yeah. is. I'm happy to pay yeah. it. He might have got it for a dollar. on him. He,
3: he might have. That's great. Driven yeah, thirty kilometers yeah. out of yeah. his way. He Got yeah. up at so, six in yeah. the morning to yeah.
0: get it. That's yeah. his. He's entitled to that That's premium.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. what we need to point out about our, our good friend Guy Blocko too is that this is his job. Yeah. This yeah. is yes. what he yeah. does yeah. to make a living. Yeah. So he, you know, he's putting his day to day, or his night to night, or whenever he's working into it. You know, it's his eight hours, eight hours, or or however many hours. You know, he's not just. Oh look! I just happened to found, find a bargain, and I'm, I'm gonna you know hook up the price. Yep. This is his work. His this is bread. his life yeah. work, yep. and yep. and his bread and butter, and yep. and it's how him and his him and his partner make a make a living. And on the same token, they're putting some things out our way that we would otherwise not come across because oh, let's yeah. be honest, he's because it's his job. He's got the time and the nows to be and able to get to every yeah. which way yep. and yep. and find find these things that we would um, we would not have, have time to do
3: the because we have
2: jobs, jobs. Yep. Mm, yep. Yeah. so on the topic of all things garage sale we have a question here from Oz Retro Hunter otherwise known as Ben from our good friends at Hack the Dino he hit us up on Instagram and he's asked us what's the best score you've had at a garage sale and or market e.g. the rarest find with the lowest price Darren take it away Ooh. So, so I
3: say no. I say <laughs> that, but this, but you actually have to have purchased yeah. it, right? For so this, I say no toy conventions. Like, yeah, if you're yeah, toy okay. conventions, you know you're going to yeah. buy a toy. But well, you so specifically ask? Somewhere, somewhere, gab- yeah. Yeah, garage sale or, or
2: market, somewhere off the beaten path. Opshoppy
3: so. is classified. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I found a Batman Beyond, um, which was not a variant, but like the proper Batman Beyond from the Kenner Hasbro line at the Jeps Cross Driving Market and it was in beautiful condition. I'm not sure if you were with me that time, Trent, or whether it was a separate time, but they sold it to me for the grand total of 20 cents. 20
2: cents. <laughs> nice. Roughly, what is a figure like that worth, give uh, or take?
1: It's... I don't know what... 20, 30 those. bucks? Yeah, it'd, yeah, be about, yeah, yeah okay. it'd be about about that, maybe a bit more. It, it's it is it's like, the iconic version. It's the iconic version. Okay, cool. So it's screen accurate. That's probably the best way of describing it. The, the other thing... Um, and I know we said no conventions, I'm just going to mention very quickly, um, I won an eBay auction for a complete box that had been opened, new Batman Adventures, Hasbro, um, Batmobile um, for for that line, yep. so figure mm. compatible yep. for 1p. One, P. Ah, one like cent. I was the, yeah, I was one, the only bidder on it. Oh wow! And right. They, oh, they pa- shipped it to me. I thought you
2: like, meant one pound. And like, no, oh, no, no! One one, one pence. pence. One pence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they
1: actually shipped it. To, I paid it in the
0: shipping wow. and I thought I'm not going to get this. as can't, But it did. <laughs> yeah, Outstanding. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I haven't found a lot of stuff. I don't. I do a few markets and a few things, but I'm time poor. So I, Darren and I actually used to do a lot of the markets. And the best one for me, it's not a toy market, so I think I'll count it. It's Jeps Cross Trash and Treasure. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon I stumbled upon some vintage. This and it's not that long ago, maybe six, seven years, something of that era. Stumbled upon a couple of foot soldiers nice. in like a two dollar bin. Um and I, I, I was finding a lot of Ninja Turtle foot soldiers at the time. Dollar, two dollars, mm-hmm. and just army building. I think it got up to about ten without really even trying too hard. It was those sort of trash and treasures where you could get some of that early 90s yeah. sort of yeah. stuff, late 80s, early 90s, for, for just peanuts. Yeah, so. yeah.
3: Wicked. Well done. Uh, I had to be very careful how I answered this that I wasn't scalping, as I said before. <laughs> so for me, that something that I kept in my personal collection. I found almost all the interior pieces for vintage she Crystal Castle. For a whopping four dollars, right? And listen, I you know, I I scoured the toy section of the op shop, nothing. Scoured the book section VHS, you know, all my usual spots, nothing. And I brow as I do every time I just have a quick browse through the um the doll the girls doll section, just in case there's a She-Ra thing. And I spot the aqua coloured plastic oh, down the bottom, man. and I'm like, I know what that aqua coloured yeah, plastic is. That looks like Crystal Castle. I pick it up, in my hand's shaking. <laughs> it, it it is Crystal Castle. <laughs> so I did cartwheels down to the uh, register and um, try to play know, cool. And I, yeah, How yeah, much yeah. is this? Yeah, um... And uh, the girl's like, How's your night? And I'm like, Just a hundred times better now, <laughs> you know. And uh, four dollars. And I think of all it was essentially. You think of Crystal Castle. Essentially, all it was missing was one of the window doors. I had oh, one. I yeah. had yep. two, and the elevator shaft. I had everything else. Everything, right down to the pillow and the bread spread. Wow. It was in that bag. And so, someone else might have walked out with Crystal Castle, but I got everything. Yeah, on, so, yeah.
2: <laughs> you got the hard and, to and get stuff. to
3: find anything, Shira in Australia is super hard, is un- unimaginable. Yep. You yeah, know? yeah.
2: Outstanding. So I might have mentioned this one before, but it still ranks as one of my, my best all time scores. Uh mum was very big on the op shops and she was hassling me out. She rang me up one day. There's all these transformers and I went, Mum, the transformers that I want are not going to be found at St. Vinny's. Just plain and simple. In the end, I ended up going down there and it was like someone like one of us had gone, Do you know what? I'm done with my transformers. Here, Vinnies, take the whole lot. I don't I don't want them. I, I got a uh a, a a masterpiece Megatron what? for all of, and it MP4? was it, yeah, yeah yeah because yeah. it was
3: MP five
2: MP five you're yes. correct, yep. uh, and and it was actually spread across two bags. He had the main figure, and I was like, oh, I think complete. But you know, yeah, yeah. they had like twenty bucks in it. All right, cool. And then in another bag, there was all the other parts for another ten because it, to 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 what they <laughs> were, it was just Junk. it was just. Bits of plastic, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but And so that was amazing. But then the the best one was was a BotCon exclusive of Alpha Trion, uh, which is remoulded from Cybertron Vector Prime, if I recall. It had a different head sculpt, but basically done in the sort of purple and, and white sort of motif and with the red that we know Alpha Trion. And they had 20 bucks on it. And I knew, I, I was just like, I don't know how much this is worth, but I know it's easily triple figures. And, and mum sort of saw my reaction when I picked it up. And to Ben's point, the, the hand start shaking. You're like, no, uh, pinch me like I'm, I'm dreaming. Went home, looked it up, and it's easily, it's worth 300 bucks yeah. without even trying. And yeah. uh, when I, it's interesting the reaction I get when I tell that story because people go, oh, well, you ripped them off. And I'm like, no, no, these they were donated to them. Free, they yeah, they yeah. priced it. They've got their $20. They're, they're, they're in the They've got it black. for free. Exactly.
3: They've got, they've got 200, uh, 200% profit, you know, yeah. exactly." You call yeah. it. Yeah, 100% profit of nothing. Yeah, yeah so, so,
2: yeah, um, that's easily the, the best in, in my books for that. Yeah,
3: I don't see
1: how you ripped them off when they priced it. But Sorry? I don't see how you ripped them off when no, they priced
2: exactly. it. No, exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, our good friend um, Sam Cripps from Nerds Paradise um, also approached us with some questions. He asked us, what's the worst toy ever made?
0: Great question, Sam. I love it's it. Really I, I love that question. Um, there's a lot of knockoffs and things that are just. Hey, yeah, too, A
2: lot of great ones too. Punchy punch I
1: can see <laughs> Ben pointing to yeah, Trent yeah. and the door right
0: now. I, but I'm not going to go there. What, a, what I we've talked about this one before. I just think yeah. it's the absurdity of it. I have to go to the Rocky Line. And talk to the meat because Uh, it was, it's essentially what we would know as a non articulate, it was essentially a a carcass, a lamb carcass that features prominently in the films. Um, But it was a non articulate, it was packed as a figure. It should have been an accessory, it shouldn't have been packed as a figure. And this thing pegged, warmed the pegs. I think it's classic, they tried it. Mm. And it was a big fail. When, when, when you're
3: getting the throne for Shao Kahn, all right? you know, as a, a pack-in, and, and you can't even get the meat with Rocky. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think, think um, Jack specific killed the line just on that.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Um, for me, it's effing blind bags. I oh, hate them. That's fair. However, yeah. nice. however, my kids cannot get enough of yeah. them. All mm. right, so... They've definitely got like that. A lucky dip. It's definitely lucky that dip, yeah. next generation. You know, even today when we went to Woolies again, and you know they open up and crack it open, they've got a, a red Simba. You know, yeah. oh look, I got a ultra, ultra super <laughs> oh, rare. Geez. You know, yeah. uh, and uh, so my kids can't get enough of them. I personally absolutely hate them. I massive respect for loyal subjects for going a different route yes. yep. with their um, Master of the Universe uh, and other characters uh, window packaging, and they've also got the black ones yep. just for the people that <laughs> want to play the game that aren't know. sealed. Because uh, I'm not a gambler, <laughs> I am not a gambler. No, that's right. Uh, I don't play those sort of games, and um, I hate blind bags. So
2: yeah, yeah, we we did cover this on on a previous episode talking about some of the weird and wacky and just playing awful yeah, toys. You said we did. Uh, look, the one that jumps out to me is still the uh as far as a, a fail and all in all parts is the ET the glowing finger. Yeah. Right? I mean oh, so there's, many levels. there's so much there's so much wonderful things about that as a movie and, and marketing opportunities, particularly in toys. And they went with the glowing finger that if you've ever seen ET's fingers and you stop it just at that last knuckle, you go, what does that look like, right? Yeah, and, it and it's, got a, it's, it's got a glowing tip. Oh the kids will love it, right? So it's just yeah somebody did just think that the through. Worst. I I I I can't imagine being you know the stock boy at one of these stores and pulling these out of the box and going hey, wait what did we just
3: but wait you imagine you're the cashier and some hot girl comes <laughs> through and buys it you're like hey
2: <laughs> So yeah that yeah, that's kind of the one true. that jumps out to me not not very well thought through <laughs>
1: So I think this one's really tough because obviously what well um, is a dud or the worst toy that to one person is another person's treasure. But I do have a candidate, um, but you have to look at it through the lens of 2019 eyes. And my candidate is... Um, people will remember this from our previous episode... Trent's um, "Daddy Saddle by Kenner. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, if you look at it through but 2019... Saddle up,
2: saddle up. <laughs> but, but, think, but see, there's an innocence to that, yeah, right? That's what
1: I mean. You've got to look at it through 2019. Yeah, yes. yeah, if okay. you look at it from the point of view of the era, yeah, yeah. I see. Mean.
3: I mean. What if it was rebranded horse saddle or... I suppose that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, yeah, all right. Frank's right,
1: you've got to look at it through the era that it was intended. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, but if you look at it with these eyes, it looks like something yeah. else. It
0: does. <laughs> yeah, all right. Final question before we wrap this episode, it comes from Jay Peak. Thanks for writing in, Jay. Hey, guys, as we all know, sometimes key figures or characters we love get overlooked from production lines recently hasbro released a grand moff tarkin action figure in the same sculpt style as the 1970s 80s figures in the retro line that one came packaged i think with the board game escape from the death star mm-hmm. my question to the team is what figures do you feel should or could have been done in the original toy loans we know and love from our childhoods what yeah. what do you All think? Right. On a massive miss?
3: Skeleton Warriors binge tonight. So uh, <laughs> Talon, Talon Warrior, you know, uh, female characters obviously never got their limelight. They uh, didn't get as much love. She was in, essentially in every episode of the cartoon, never got a figure. She even had a prototype made, never actually came to retail. So shout out to her. Um, And uh, my second one was a decent um, interpretation of Movie Shredder in the Playmates line to celebrate the film alongside his depiction of Super Shredder. So just even in the colour scheme, you know, even a standing up straight... uh, what's his name? Um, slice and dice shredder without the holes in his arms and yep. things would have yeah. would have potentially you know cut the mustard uh, with a few extra weapons. It's a glaring things. hole, isn't it? Uh, but um, you know they never went. They just went straight to Super Shredder, so it would have been awesome with the Splinter and the Turtles. Uh, but yeah, mm. especially for one that
1: ran like a decade. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure, big miss, yeah. isn't
2: it? Mm. Uh, look, going with Turtles uh, for me, and this is more my OCD. Just those when you've got whatever variants they are, be they sports turtles or whatever, Gymnasium. and to only do three out of four, yeah, yeah we are talking vintage turtles, yeah. sorry, to do three out of four, just it blows my mind. To, to my mind, and I have seen some uh, catalogue shots where they've actually done mm. a... F- the fourth turtle, in whichever one's missing, and they, for whatever reason not get produced. That just I can't understand. I'm sure there's business metrics that go into all that sort of stuff, but the the one that sort of stands out above all that is Transformers Generation One. RC, yes, amen, brother. Every every other character from that movie, and I understand the movie was a big marketing push, and Ultra Magnus and Galvatron and all these wonderful new figures. RC, who played such a prominent role in the movie, to just not get a figure is is a huge scandal. I would love to see a G one take as far as oh, that yeah. articulation, what that would have looked like.
3: Back to my point about female, female characters character. not yes, um, same. their limelight. Exactly yeah. right. I
2: think that's probably why, to be yeah. honest. And
3: I've seen yeah. a lot of uh, chop moulds of uh, cup being... Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I have a number of them. So Vintage must
1: of the Universe, I'm just going to shout out Queen Marlena. Yep. Um, Shadow Weaver. Adora in either that line or the sheer vintage, Shira Princess of They never did line. an Adora never in Never did an Adora oh, until okay. the classics line. Right. Very first Adora ever. Um, I'd also even guess, um, Also think the Royal Guard was an obvious um, easy redo with, you know, the, the man-at-arms look to it. It wouldn't have taken much to retool that. Um, the other thing that I'd say is Kenner, the Toy Biz, Kenner, um, Burton, Schumacher, Batman era, always wanted a Michael Gough, Alfred Pennyworth, and a Pat Hingle, um, Jim Gordon. And... Um, on to Teenage Ninja, ninja Turtles, uh, things like Human Baxter, mm-hmm. uh, Shredder, as, as um, Ben mentioned, Tatsu from the movies always seemed like a, a glaring omission. Um, and, and even those later Dimension X villains like Lord Dragon and that in the later seasons seemed like missed opportunities. And um, Defenders of the Earth, um, the the teenage children yeah. of the heroes um, that were in had just as much screen time as...
2: I mean, if, you're, if you're in the intro song to the cartoon, yeah. you deserve a toy, right? You certainly right. do.
1: <laughs> and it would have only taken, like, one more wave. You know, it's not like it would have been a big commitment. So exactly. They're my main ones. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm always that kind of guy. These gentlemen will talk about that. Um, so the cows come home, you could end the line like Classics tomorrow that's lasted 11 years, and I'll still be talking about all
0: the figures we could have got. Yeah. Um, I always want more than we get. They are great. They are all the ones I had thought up. A lot of what you've said, I, you Shredder, RC, Human Baxter, Queen Marlena, they were all on my list. It's one, a
1: sweet
0: Thunder. Yeah, no, 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 it's all good. No, I'm just uh, summarizing, I guess, my thoughts. But the one that you guys didn't mention that was probably my number one was Jenny from the Bucky O'Hare line. Ah, she yes, did so get pretty much a carded prototype that is out there and you can actually buy, but unfortunately it was never hit production. Boss Fight Studios has done the next best thing in their four-inch Bucky line that's being made at the moment and given us, in Wave 1, very clever move on Boss Fight Studios' part to give us that Jenny figure finally. But I would still love to be able to get the the Hasbro vintage. compatible vintage version carded, of Jenny. Yep, yep. We know what the figure looks like. There was If you go and you see Blake's and um, the Toys at Time Forgot, Volume 1, he's putting out Volume 2 at the moment, but Volume 1 does look at that line, and there is so much in that yeah. line that they got so fact, close that. to. And yeah, female yeah, 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 exactly. strikes and it, again. There
3: was a Sex Doors uh, female that was never released uh, no. either. So, I mean, they didn't never really had a wave two. No. But there was uh, female characters in that. There um, is always a
1: lot of sexism. Vicky Valves another. Yeah, um, it's a good yeah, one. A good example, Very good yeah, one. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, it the is. Character. I mean,
0: look, let, let's be honest. These These action figures at the time were aimed for boys. Yeah. And, you know, I remember at the time not really being interested in getting an April figure. Like, I just remember that feeling. I got all the other ones except for April. Well, so it must have been a real kind look, of buying trend wilders. at yeah. the time. Yeah, I was but,
1: always a freak um, as a kid, still am. I, w- I wanted April, I wanted T, I I wanted all of those things because to me, they flushed out the story. Yeah. And even back then, it was, for me, it was all about. Bringing to life uh, the story. But right?
2: even now, sorry, sorry, ben, right. but even now, you go to buy like uh, Turtles figures and you can get a card at April for 30 bucks. Whereas you try and get anything from that wave one that's of cards and true. it's, true. you know, yeah. you're talking $100. And that's I, a
3: very valid point. I think April was my first female yeah. action yeah. figure.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She
3: was my first Turtles figure, actually, because she
1: was the only one left, and that says it all, I guess. <laughs> you about just yeah. started alphabetically, like, okay, yeah. I started, yeah. Well, I did. It's like I went to, um, again, Target didn't, Elizabeth didn't want and Elizabeth. I'm, like, I'm going to get a Turtles Antrax, figure. So,
3: you know, April was the next best thing. <laughs> Pretty much,
1: I'm going to get a Turtles figure today. I'm going to get a Turtles figure today, and I got there, and all I had was one April, and I'm like, oh, I'm start? still going to get a damn yeah. Turtles figure, damn, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it
0: alright that is awesome thank you so much for everyone that took the time to, to write in yeah that was great that was some great questions and it's always fun doing the listener yeah. feedback and really delving into some of the collecting issues that we face so thank you so much really appreciate that before we wrap this episode I'm going to oh, shoot yes, to yes, Nostradamus yes. here oh, right. so, Ben has a prediction so oh, we oh, we oh, we oh, like, oh. I have a prediction right so I think Hasbro Lab right they Hasbro.
3: Have, yeah. sorry, yep. sorry. Oh. <laughs> <All> right. Haslab sorry alright <laughs> Haslab be So they've done, um, you know, (laughs) fucking Nostradamus. Uh, (laughs) So they've done the Sail Barge, which is amazing, right? They've got Unicron Mm -hmm. on the um, the cards right under Cookie Monsters, you know. know. Right, what's next? What has Hasbro got that has it? I'm thinking Power Rangers. I'm thinking a Megazord, right? Like, Whoa, like because Lightning Question is just yes. Lightning. It's collection, his collection. going collection. It's going crazy. Yep. It's, it's obviously they've uh, hit a you know home run yep. with it, and I think not not to scale with the six, seven inch figures, but a, a big, you know, um, <laughs> For Unicron, not, decent, not to scale. No, exactly. Right. <laughs> just just to clarify, yep. I, I'm yep. you know I'm saying a big. Uh, megazord like we used to buy in yeah. the nineties yeah, yeah, yeah. things yep. you know compatible uh, uh, uh combination you know style where you can take the things yeah. mighty Morphin power rangers so you've got the Triceraton, the T Rex yep. you know the, the, you you'd have to start with the G one style yep. Power Rangers yep. thing. So that is my prediction for yeah, wow, tonight. Okay. So that is a bit of food for thought. What yeah, do you like think? It. You know it might not come true. Has Lab might not, you know hopefully fingers crossed they um, you know, do get over the line with Unicron, but they may not, and Haslab might not be, you know, next. But that's just my prediction. That's what it's not I, bad. I recently yeah. picked up Lord Zed and couldn't, you know, my mind went uh, rolling and I thought, sort, sort of, you know, one thing led to another. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, what's Hasbro got that they could do next with their. Fundraising thing, a crowd, you know, and get excitement for the community, yeah. right? and that just uh, sprung to mind. And I thought I'd announce that mm. prediction good on air tonight. Yeah, so. lock it away. Mm. That's
0: it in the bank. Awesome. So you
3: heard it here first on Toy Power <laughs> and uh, you didn't hear it here first on Toy Power if it doesn't yeah, get If it's written, wrong, we, we, can, yeah. we
0: can edit that out pretty That's easily. No, yeah, done. One more piece of business we need to get to before we wrap this episode, and it's a big finale yes, in a way. It is. Very was, special finale someone for... Someone was going to get to this. Yeah, to, to Mr. Frank Allen, our heroic... You know, what does... Darren call him the Allen key you know oh, he the, he Frank, had Allen, the yeah. Frank Allen key he just makes everything work and unfortunately for all our listeners I'm going to be taking over the, the tech duties it doesn't bode well but I have had <laughs> Darren to... and I <laughs> like <Yeah>. few... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. bullet yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we get something out we're trying it on my PC tonight or on my Mac which I barely know how to operate so we're giving that a go but learn. But Frank is taking paternity leave from the show. So, some very so exciting news. If you've got so a drink in your hand, raise please it
3: raise it up. So uh, yeah. Cheers. Uh, for Cheers. Awesome Cheers. Congratulations, and, uh, congratulations <laughs> yeah. in advance to yeah,
2: Frank yeah. And, and Ali. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, two, two days or at least a couple of days from now, from when this recording lands, we will uh, have a new little member of the Allen family. And, uh, yeah, look forward to sharing that with you guys. And,. Yeah, Ali was good enough to let me come tonight. She goes, no, nah, but from after this, no, no editing, no, none of the Facebook stuff. Just you, you're done you're, for the time being. So, you're on parental leave. Parental leave, leave exactly yeah. right. So, so if you
0: notice a, a slight decline in the quality of the show, you you know what that's for. But Frank will be back in a couple of months, depending. At least on there will be a show. Yeah. If I
1: was doing it, it'd just be a conversation. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just be having a chat. We could record it oh, on an iPhone. To record, yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, not good. Um, but I've wanted to say before we went, and I'm sure Ben will want to say a few words as well, but I just wanted to talk about Frank, particularly for those who don't know him outside of the show. He commit so much to this show, to making it what it is. Um, he's such a huge part of the show, whether he's here or not here. In in um, what he does for us and that, but he's also the most humble person you'd ever meet. He never takes any credit for anything. Oh, he does. go on. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, we are gonna gonna miss you, but we know it's for a good cause, and couldn't be happier that this is happening for you and Ali. There's there's no two people on this planet that deserve it more. Oh, thanks, really. man. Appreciate
3: that. I uh, yes, um, said, you know, mirror what Darren said and, and what Trent said. You know, he's an absolute legend. I offered to take his whole toy collection for the time being he knocked me back uh, very, uh, you know, no, very, very nicely. Very like, you know, I, was I was trying, you know, I'm trying to help yeah, clear your right. house. Yeah, that's like... right, you know. One um, less thing for you to worry
1: not. about. You won't have to do any dusting in yeah. the yeah. toy room.
2: Save <laughs> yeah, yeah, some time. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've now got a little person to do the dusting for me, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how this works.
3: <laughs> yeah. But honestly, uh, yeah. all the best is going to be dressed in green. Yeah. All the best, mate. Absolute, yeah exciting to meet the uh the new member and frank jr it's gonna be awesome
0: yep excellent Uh, wonderful news now we're so happy for you and we can't wait to hear the news on that note we'll say a big thank you to all our patrons for your support all your contribution on the chat page and to all our listeners for coming back tuning in we've had a lot of love during the week a lot of shout outs from my wife's gonna kill me podcast and and it just means Mm. the world darren's been um hearing feedback that that's just so touching and heartfelt we've we've had Jose get in contact yeah. with us, um, and we're just absolutely Always humbled. Sensational to hear from Jose. It, it, it is, yeah, yeah. It's Number one fan forever. Biggest That's right.
3: From the beginning. <laughs> the exactly. OG the, Patreon, the, the original.
0: Yeah, no. It, look, it's just the, the the sentiments and the love has just been wonderful, and and it means the world to us.
3: And if there's any questions you guys uh, that we haven't touched on the last two episodes, please, uh, you know, express it, and we'll work it into the next uh, show or two. And, um, yeah, we'll always do our best. We hope we did
1: justice to the ones that came forward Yeah, yeah. yeah in, in this round, but we'll always do our best with them and appreciate the fact that you're listening and, and that you're writing. Yeah.
0: On that note, we will see you around the toy aisles.
1: And I just wanted to say before I do my usual sign-off, one last collective from all of us um, for Frank. Bungo my friend (laughs) Good journey one and all And until next time
2: You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places Facebook.com Slash Toy Power Podcast At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram Or have your say and email us ToyPowerPodcast At gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher And please leave us a review Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network, full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com, where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're, yeah.